Good morning, Crossroads Ministries. I want to thank you for joining us here this morning for the Sunday morning service. Uh, if you need our tournament this morning, would you please stand up as we worship? Uh, for those of you who are joining us online, of course, I want to thank you for joining. You can worship as well.
glad to be here. Say amen. Amen. That's right. God is good. Your love, oh Lord, reaches 
to the heaven. Your faithfulness stretches to the sky. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountain. Your justice flows like the ocean side. I will lift my voice to worship you, my King. I will find my strength in the shadow of your wings. Your love, oh Lord, reaches to the heavens. Your faithfulness stretches to the thankful that you're here this morning, and we're so thankful for all that God is doing, aren't you? 
Man, God is moving in a great way in the church. And I just want to welcome everyone here to Crossroads. If this is your first time, we welcome you here. We invite you to stop by our Welcome Center in the foyer. We have a gift just to say thank you for coming today and just to let you know a little bit more about Crossroads. We'd also like to, uh, if you would like to use the Connect card, there's a Connect card in the seat back in front of you there. And if there's anything that you uh, need or questions that you may have, uh, prayer requests, just please mark it on there and, uh, and put it in the offering box, and we will uh, be able to help you throughout the, uh, throughout the week here. Uh, we want to encourage you in the number of things that are coming up. First of all, we have our 21 days of prayer. This begins today. I want to encourage you. Uh, uh, we have over 200 people signed up so far. Isn't that exciting? Let's thank God for that this morning. God is moving in great ways. And uh, if you've not yet signed up, you can do so today. Please sign up and then go into the foyer. You'll see that there's a, a little table off to the left uh, on the picture on the wall where all the pictures are there. There's a little table there, and you can put your, put your commitment into the chest there and then take one of the books, the, uh, the 21 Days of Prayer. And I want to encourage everyone to begin today. We're going to make a new habit. We're talking about habits this year. So we're going to make a habit of prayer. And many of you are already in the habit. I'm going to encourage you to please join with us in praying. So everybody in our whole church praying for 21 days, 21 courageous prayers. Last year we did 21 dangerous prayers. This is a new book entitled 21 Dangerous Prayers. So I'm going to encourage you to grab this and, uh, and it will impact your life. And pray with us as we pray as a church together. And we'll talk more about that in the message time. And then uh, coming up, we have our Next Steps class was just around the corner. Next Steps will be on Sunday, the January the 29th. So this is our membership class, Class 101. So we, we've started a series in our growth track, 101, 201, 301, and 401. All right? So the very first one is our Next Steps. That's our membership class. So that will be held next Sunday. I'm sorry, January the 29th after church. If you'd like to sign up. Please go to the church website and you can sign up there or take the connect card and just write on there, sign me up for next steps and put it in the offering, in the offering boxes on the wall. Um, and we're, we're looking forward to all that God is doing. We also have coming up Refuel One Day. You'll notice inside of your book there, uh, inside of your book, inside of your uh, bolt in there, we have the, uh, the Pittsburgh Refuel One Day. On the back, you'll see all the speakers that are coming. We have Jonathan Falwell of Thomas Road Church will be here. Uh, Troy Temple, the director of the seminary from Liberty University, will be here. Dave Early, he's a pastor from out in Ohio, will be here. Phenomenal pastor. Uh, Charles Billingsley will be here to lead worship. So you just saw Charles Billingsley at our concert. He'll be here leading worship as well. He'll be teaching a breakout session. Matt Wilmington from Liberty University. Um, there's a number of really great speakers that will be here. And I'm encouraging all of our church family to be here. This is a Tuesday, so you'd have to take the day off of work to be here. But I want to encourage you. It'll be from 9 to 3. We'll, uh, we'll provide lunch for you, so you don't even have to think about lunch. And, uh, and it's going to be a great day of hearing some really encouraging speakers, people that will help you along the journey, people that will help you and encourage you as you're reaching out. So if you're serving in the church anywhere or you're concerned about your neighbor, you're thinking about, hey, how can I, how, how can I uh, grow a little bit more in those areas? This is all about making disciples, and this will be a very encouraging time, and it, it will, uh, you'll be blessed. And so I want to encourage you, go to the website, and you can sign up at the church website. And then there's all uh, ways that you can help. Maybe you say, well, I, I'm not, you know, maybe you don't want to attend a conference, but you'd like to help with parking. 
Or maybe you could help with parking and then attend the conference, all right? Our parking people do that every Sunday. They help with parking and then they come on into church. So um, maybe you can help on a cleanup team afterwards. You know, the, all the teams here all day and then, oh, we've got to clean this place up and get it back to, together. So we're expecting about 200 people from all over western Pennsylvania will be joining us. And it's a real opportunity. Maybe you can greet or be a part of hospitality. If that's you, please go to the, to the information center, uh, to our welcome center. And give them your name, and they'll sign you up, and we'll get back to you. But I want to say thank you for your faithfulness in giving. God's been so good. Uh, we, you can give using the offering boxes on the wall in the auditorium. We have one to my, uh, as you go out the main door to my left, right by the sound booth. There's another offering box in the foyer, and you can give that way. You can give online, or you can give through the mail. But I want to show you what's happened with this birthday gift to Jesus. God's been so good to us. Look at the total here for our birthday gift to Jesus. It's gone to $124,033. So that's a a miracle. Every time we begin to pray, I don't take it for granted. God is the supplier. Amen? And so as God has supplied, those checks are going out to the missionaries all over the world. We're feeding orphans in Haiti. We're feeding orphans in the Philippines. And God has allowed us, our little church up here in Finleyville. You know, what a name of a town, Finleyville, right? God's allowed this little place in Finleyville to impact the world. So let's give God the glory this morning for what he's doing. Amen? God is moving. And uh, as we continue, you can still give uh, to that fund. And, and whatever comes in the next week or two, that, that will all be going out. And then we'll begin, you know, we can begin, people, some people will begin to give towards next year's already. So we're just thanking the Lord what he is doing and what God is, how he's moving in our church. Let's all stand together and pray. And uh, as we pray and seek the Lord this morning, let's uh, just call on his name. I want to remind you just a few things today. You know, you normally see Skylar up here. Remember Skylar was pregnant? I mean, she was really pregnant up here, wasn't she, you know? Am I allowed to say that? I don't know. But uh, anyhow, she was really pregnant, and she really had her baby this week. Isn't that awesome? Thank you, God. Man. That poor girl, she made it all the way to Christmas Eve. And I said, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then I told her, I said, this is good. Now you can sing it refuel. But no, I don't think that will, I don't think that will happen. But anyhow, we, I'm so thankful. And I want to encourage you to pray for uh, one of our guys in our church. I shared this with you last week, Dave Eskins. Uh, he's, uh, he's got some serious trouble going on with that liver. And so they've sent him home from the hospital, hoping that maybe in the next week or two this thing would work. But if not, he'll end up heading towards transplant. And so um, we're just asking the Lord to move in a mighty way. So I, I appreciate if you continue to pray for Dave Eskin. All right, let's go to the Lord. Father God, we come before you, Lord, and I thank you for all that you're moving in our church, you're moving in our lives. God, I thank you for Skylar having her baby this week, Lord. What a joyous occasion in the church, Lord. We love those babies. They're, you're just moving. There's babies all the time coming into this place because you're bringing young people, and young people are healthy families. They're growing, and you're blessing them, Lord. So we just thank you. Thank you for this wonderful family, uh, for, for Skylar and her husband, Lord, as they welcome their new little-born baby to this world. God, we thank you for all that you're moving in the church. Thank you, Lord. We, we don't take it for granted. You have moved incredibly, Lord. You have done some incredible things with this birthday gift to Jesus. We honor you. We bless your holy name. And, God, I just ask that you'll continue to move mightily as, uh, as we give this to the world, Lord. We, we give to the missionaries around the world, to the orphans, to the people whose lives will be 
so blessed and they will see the mighty hand of God Almighty as you reach out and you touch them. And you use our little church up here on the hill to bless the world, Lord. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of your plan. Thank you for the faithfulness and giving of your people, Lord, how they give to you weekly, Lord, in, in season and out of season. They're faithful. And God, as we continue to grow in faithfulness, I pray you'll bless each gift and each giver, Lord. Thank you for what you're going to do. And Lord, now as we continue to worship you, would you just be adored as we sing and bless your holy name. Thank you. 
habits. We're talking about good habits. You know, every time I say the word habit, you think bad habit, right? Um, And it's so true. A bad habit can wreck your life, but a good habit can change your life. And so what we're talking about is the habits that will that will give you life, habits that will transform your life, that will be encouraging to you. And so that's why we're doing the 21 days of prayer. And so I want to encourage everyone in the church, uh, just grab one of these and jump in there with us. It's, it's not hard. It will help you to get into, into the habit of, of regular quiet time, regularly praying with the Lord. And again, like I said, if you already are in that habit, join us as well, because this is uh, not just for beginners. This is for all of us. And so I'll be doing this. If, you, uh, if you'll sign in and put your name into there, I'll be praying over your name every day for the next 21 days. I've already started praying over your names. I have this notebook that they gave me, and I turn the pages, and I'm praying over your names and asking the Lord to do His work in your life. I want to encourage us as a church, let's pray for three areas as well. Pray, number one, for your life. Ask the Lord to grow you personally. Ask God for your family. Ask Him to do great things in your family. Ask Him to grow your family. Uh, Pray for your spouse. Pray for your kids. Pray for your extended family. And then I want to encourage you to pray for our church. Let's ask God to give us direction in our church. What does God want to happen in 2023? God has some exciting things in store for us, but He wants us to to depend on Him for the direction. Um, I can come up with a lot of exciting things, but I'd rather God's exciting things. God is going to do a great work. So I want to encourage you as we are moving in and uh, the, you know, we're, we're starting this here in the, on the 15th, which is today, and we'll go through the 4th of February. And I realize that most of uh, people's New Year's resolutions, like I said last week, 92% of them are done by the 19th of January. So you've got four days left of your resolutions. And, uh, and we're moving forward now, okay? So we're not making resolutions. We're asking God to change our life. Amen? And so as we jump in this week here, I'm going to look at this subject here. We looked at the H in habits. I'm going to give you an acrostic over the next few weeks. But the H was hang out in the presence of Christ. And I want to encourage you to continue to hang out in the presence of Christ. Like if you get none of the other habits, that's the most important one, hanging out in the presence of Christ. And we're going to uh, continue to talk about that a little bit today. But I also want to talk about, you know, as you look in life, there's, a, there's direction. You want to have a place that you know that you're going. And so when we have a, a purpose, we have a plan, we have a direction, it really encourages your life. Uh, you now can, you can live a little bit more on purpose. And so the Apostle Paul, I want to show you here about, a little bit about goals. So we've got habits and goals and how they work together. Philippians chapter 3, beginning in verse 12, I want to show you something that Paul did. The Apostle Paul said, not that I have already obtained all this or already have been made perfect. He says, not that I have arrived at my goal, okay? Not that I have already obtained all this or I have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Jesus Christ took hold of me. Jesus Christ came and took a hold of him, and he said, man, I'm pressing on. And so you see, first of all, there's the word goal. He said, I have, I have laid, laid, I've taken hold of it. That's the goal. I've taken hold. I'm going after this. But he says, I haven't already, I haven't made it. Look at verse 13. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken a hold of it. Now, this is really powerful because the Apostle Paul, you know, when you pick up your Bible and you read, you read Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, uh, you read these books, he's written this. And he's saying, hey, brothers and sisters, I have not, I have not considered myself to take hold of it. I have not arrived. 
Thanks be to God, because I haven't arrived yet either. And I hope that's encouraging to you, because as you're reading the Scripture, you see this man that God used, but he says, listen, I haven't made it. I haven't attained everything. He says, however, one thing I do, I forget what is behind, and I'm straining or I'm striving toward what is ahead. Man, that is so important. As you're developing and you're growing in your life, we've got to let yesterday be gone. You know, the things that, were, that troubled you, the things that were burdensome, the things that, that got you off track, the poor decisions that you made, that's all yesterday. And the Apostle Paul says, listen, that is my yesterday too. One thing I do, I forget my mistakes, I forget my problems, I forget the things where I derailed. And I strive, I strain towards what is ahead. And look at what is ahead here. He says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He says, man, there is a goal. It's like they're running a race. And I want you to think about it. When, when you're running a race, some, somebody that's in, you know, I haven't run a race in a long time physically, right? But when I did, you remember there was a goal. And the goal was not everybody else on the track. And we get so sidetracked by everybody else, don't we? We look at the other runners. As a matter of fact, I understand that whenever you're running a race, that, uh, that if you just take a glance at your opponent, it actually slows your time down. It actually is one, one of those things that doesn't help you finish well. He says, listen, I press on toward the goal. He's, I've got my eyes are focused on this to, uh, the, to win the prize which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of such things. Uh, and, and, in some, and if, one, if on some point you think differently, that God, too, will make this clear to you. He says, listen, I want you to set your life with a goal. Give your life a goal. Paul says, man, I am doing this. And he says, if you're going to mature in your faith, I want you to set a goal. And that goal is to godliness. That goal is Christ-likeness. That goal is Jesus in every area of your life. So the Apostle Paul does that, and he tells you all this important stuff. Forget what's behind, look forward. And I want to encourage you because many of us, as we look at last year, we look at the last five years, you look at whatever is in the rearview mirror, you'll never go forward looking in the rearview mirror. You know, I have the rearview mirror in my car. The only time you need that is when you're backing up. Because I don't trust those cameras, do you? Yeah, they got those cameras on there. My wife, every time I go to back that car up, she goes, why aren't you using the camera? I said, for all of my life, I've been looking at the rearview mirror. And I turn my head, and I know how to do this. I'm not going to trust the camera. Well, either way, you're not looking forward. You don't look back when you're going forward. And I want to encourage you. He says, let then, if we are mature, take such a view. As we're growing in Christ. So what I want to encourage us to do, number one in your notes this morning, is as you grow, set a faith goal. Set faith goals. Um, this is so important. Faith goals. What is a faith goal? Well, it's a goal that you couldn't accomplish without faith. It's a goal in your life. So to be Christ-like, I, I can't manufacture that on my own. And what we're talking about through this habit series and what we're talking about today is not about you trying harder and becoming some better person on your own. No, we're going to set some goals in our life. And as we set just a few simple goals in our life, like the Apostle Paul, he says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize which God has called me. 
God has given each one of you a calling on your life, and, uh, and he, has want, he wants to do something big. But let me tell you, the bigness starts in his presence. When you hang out in his presence, the Apostle Paul, he was discipled for three years. He came to Christ. And then he was put out into the desert of Arabia on the road to Damascus. He won, at one point, he was the biggest opponent. He was the biggest enemy to Christianity. He comes to Christ. God meets him on the road to Damascus. He's blinded three days. He now, God's, God has now come to him. He gets his sight back, and he puts him in a desert of Arabia for three years. And there's this tremendous time of growing in his life. And what he did during that time and during that season was he learned how to st- spend time in the presence of God. He learned. He grew in the faith. And I want to encourage you today to learn and grow in your faith. And as you do, set some faith goals. Well, what is faith? Hebrews eleven six says this. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. I think if everyone were honest, would say, I want my life to please God. Amen. And God says, if you try on your own and you try to manufacture this, it doesn't please me. He says, faith, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So I've got to, you know, as I'm looking to see God do things in my life, that's the key. I'm looking to see God do things in my life, not for me to do things that somehow I'll please God. As God produces this, now look here, he says, without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now look, there's the, there's this, there, there, look at the relationship with faith. He says, believe that he exists and realize, understand, believe that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And so there is a benefit to following Christ. God is going to work in your life. You're going to see his response. You know, I always tell people faith is this. Faith is me taking a step. Realizing that whenever I take the step, God does the work. Like, it's not about me. Faith is all about God. When you came in, you sat on the chair, and I tell you this all the time. You sat on the chair. You trusted the chair to hold you up, right? That's what it is like when you come to Jesus. He died on the cross. He paid for your sin once for all, forever. He rose again, and he says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you will be saved, right? So that word believe is trust. So it's just like trusting that chair. But you didn't really trust that chair till you sat down on it. And God says, I want you to trust me with your life. And that's what faith is. Faith, we come along. And that faith is, you know, I can't see God, but I know I can trust him. And when I actually trust him, God is the one who's doing the work. Um, Goals are important in our life. As you look, and we're going to be developing these habits, there's, there's a reason for it because there's goals. God's gonna, God has something he wants you to do. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10. He saved you by his grace, but he called you unto, you're his workmanship. You're his masterpiece. He called you for something he specifically wants you to do. And you know what? God has people that you're going to talk to that I'll never meet. God has some specific missions for you. It's all going to be to honor and glorify him. But he's going to use all of us out there for his honor and glory to meet different people and to impact the world in different ways. Uh, I was talking with some friends this week, and they said, man, we have this passion for this. 
And somebody else told me they have a passion for that. And I was like, well, this is good because that's how the body of Christ works. We need all those passions. And, and that means it's time for you to go do it. So God's given you this, this man, I want to do this. I, wanna, I, wanna, I, I feel like this is what God's calling me to do. So God wants you to go out and do that, provided it lines up with his will. Provided it lines up with his word. I want to encourage you to that. And that's the second part in your notes is ask God to accomplish his will in your life. Ask God to accomplish his will. Um, his will. You don't want to, you know, the, the setting goals and our spiritual goals are not just like, hey, I think I should go out and, you know, I'm going to sell everything. I'm going to be a missionary tomorrow. I'm going to leave in a month. I've had a few people tell me that through the years. And they never left. Why? Because it was an emotion. It wasn't a goal. It was, it was not like thought through. And so, listen, uh, God wants us to set goals uh, with him in mind. Ask God to accomplish his will in my life. Um, goals, look, look how Jesus taught us to pray. He says here, he says, pray, you know, pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then what's he say? The very next verse there, he says, and we'll put that next slide up. He says, pray like this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when you're praying and you're, you're looking through this, so this hanging out in the presence of God, you're saying, God, I want your will to be done, Lord, not my will. God, I'm going to tell you what I think, but I don't want what I think. I want what you think. God, here's what, how I would see handling this. Now, guide me, direct me, but God, more than that, I want your will to be done in my life. I want what you would want in heaven to be done here on earth. And that's how he's taught us how to pray. And so I want to encourage you through the next 21 days as you're praying and for the rest of your life to pray, God's will be done in your life. What is God's will? Well, we know that God's will for us is to be godly. We looked at that last year, last week. We looked at this word of exercise yourself towards godliness. And we talked about how that that word is a, a word that means going to the gym. All right? So it's exercise like that. And so I'm going to call that God's gym. I think I have a little fun picture there for you, right? God's gym. This is what he wants you to do, right? Thank God, you know? You see me up here. Whoa! That will be a day, won't it? That will be a good day for me. Anyhow. Listen, he says, exercise yourself towards godliness. And so this is, like we see it in multiple areas in the scripture. He presses on towards the mark. It's like running a race. He's pressing on. He's going to the victory at the end. And listen, there's a lot of hurdles in between, a lot of stuff we've got to deal with. But what I want to challenge you to today is this, to, to think of your life and all the many areas of your life. How are these spiritual habits going to affect all areas of your life? Well, this hanging out with God, hanging in his presence, actually impacts every area of your life. I'm going to give you a few areas here this morning that we're going to look at, and I want you to think about your tanks. I use this a lot, the, the tanks in your life. You know, a few weeks ago, somebody I love dearly, I won't say her name, but she sings up here sometimes. She ran out of gas at the five points. Five points. You know, you know where I'm talking down in South Park there? And she was going downhill. And she called her knight in shining armor. And I said, what? And I had a, a very moment of how much I love her. 
and she told me how to fix it. She said, why don't you go get a gas can? I'm, and she's down there like, I said, well, can't you just drift down the get-go? That was, that was a discussion. So I had a way that I was going to fix it. Let me tell you how I fix it. And this was like, this is like, this is real news. This is like right before Christmas. And um, I went down there and I, I took my car and I said, I, I'm not going to take all that time. She's in the middle of the road. There's all this traffic and people are blowing her horns. You know how that is. You've, 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 you've encouraged people like that when you pass them. Why don't they do that, right? So I'm driving down there and I said, I'm going to push her. with my car so I took my car I said honey got your seatbelt on she's got her phone on I got my phone on and I started driving and I pushed her all the way into the pump at get-go and I made it right to pump number eight and I said you can pump it yourself honey. and listen it was joy and I'm still her knight in shining armor but let me tell you, when you run out of gas, it's not fun, is it? I mean, those are good memories. They happen three, four times a year in our family. I don't know why. But I got lots of good memories, you know. Ah, man. When your tank is empty. And so here's what happens. Your tank can go empty. And so you, you look at your tank. And I want you to look at not just your, your spirit, like my spiritual tank. I want you to look at all areas of your life because these tanks these gauges help us and i'm notorious to be the guy i had a, i had a cavalier it was a 2002 cavalier ran that thing into the ground and i was notorious to say that i knew that the gauge and i knew when the gauge was wrong but i was wrong <laughs> and my wife rescued me many times so this was payback i guess you know and, and so as you look at that and you see that it's empty don't wait till it gets to the last gallon. You start to see it going down to a quarter tank or half a tank. That's when you start to fill up. That's a speech I give my kids. They don't listen either. But let me tell you, this is what happens in our spiritual life. And so I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a few areas. Many years ago, Pastor John, who was the pastor here for 47 years, we love Pastor John. He's a great man. Let's thank God for Pastor John and those of you that know him. I was uh, texting him through the holidays. He loves to hear what's happening around here. But uh, a few few years ago, he came into our staff meeting. This he's uh, it was quite a few years ago, and he he opened up this list and he said, "Hey, I want you to go through your list, and I want you to look at your these areas of your life, and I want you to ask God how you're doing, and set some goals in your life." And so I thought that they would be good to share with us as we're talking about these tanks. So as I give them to you, you might want to take another sheet of paper and, and write them down because I didn't leave much room in your notes for them. There's going to be six or seven of them here. And as we walk through these areas, I want to encourage you to, to, to take an honest look. How is my tank full in this area or is my tank, is my tank empty in this area? A, am I at half or am I at a quarter tank? And so the first is your spiritual life, right? So we, we talk about that every Sunday here, your spiritual life. I've got empty on, on the one hand on the other hand you could put a numbers one through ten if that helps you maybe easier um, but how can I draw close to God that's my spiritual life the scripture says draw near to God and he will draw near to you 
So if, if there's an action on our part, Jesus did all the work, but he says, all I want you to do is take a step. And as you take a step, God draws you even closer. And so there's an incredible thing that happens. So, you know, many in here, many in our church um, have just come to know Christ in recent days. Maybe it was Christmas time. You opened your heart and you trusted Christ as your personal Savior. Maybe it was a year ago. Maybe it was five years ago. Listen, it can be easy to just have this introduction to Christ. You see, I know you. I've been introduced to you. Um, Then you want to go beyond knowing, uh, beyond having introduction to, uh, you know, the next phase is an acquaintance, right? You know me. There's an acquaintance phase. Well, eventually there becomes a phase where you become not only an acquaintance, but you become close. And so that's what God is designing for us, that we become close to him. Draw near to God and he will draw close to you. He will draw near to you. Um, so I want to encourage you. In your spiritual life, where is that spiritual life? Where, is it, where are you at on that tank? Or, you know, I, I would say that you know, I'm never totally full. I mean, I'm never totally hitting the number 10. Man, I, you know, I always encourage people with these habits. Take, take and set a goal to read the Bible five days a week. And you know why I tell people to read five days a week? Because if you hit seven days and you miss one, then you feel like a failure, don't you? And that's just me. But if you, if you set the goal for five days a week, and then you did one extra, you feel like you did pretty good, didn't you? And so these are habits. that We're getting into the Word of God, hanging out in His, in his, in his, uh, in his presence. And as you develop them, I want to encourage you, get on the track and get moving. And listen, you're going to have times that you get derailed. You're going to have times that you didn't do what you wanted to do. Um, but listen, keep moving forward. Forget what's behind. I forget the bad news of yesterday. I'm looking forward to the good news of God and what he's doing in my life. So you can, you can pray this. Lord, help me to walk closely with you. Lord, help me to walk closely with you. How can I walk closer to God? Um, the second tank that I want you to look at, we talk about the physical a lot. Uh, spiritual, the second tank here is the spiritual. I'm sorry, the physical tank, all right? Uh, and on the physical, how can I care for my body? Now, my tank has been low on that, as you know, right? So I'm like, man, you see me wobbling around. So last year, I shared with you last week that, man, I took last year, and I said, man, I've got to make some progress. And I'm thanking God for the progress that we were able to make. I set out guns a-blazing. You know, I'm, you know, everything's a microwave in our society, isn't it? I want this fixed in 30 seconds. Well, there's not too much that gets fixed in 30 seconds. Sometimes it takes 30 months. Sometimes it takes 30 years. And so in my physical life, I set out and I said, okay, God, I noticed that on, on what my investment, my investment in my physical has been low. You know, there's a lot of things that happen to us physically that we can't control. There's diseases. Um, Dave Eskin with this liver issue. Um, you know, we had uh, chetanol with a kidney issue. Those are things that you can't control. These are, these, are, these are things that happen when we come and we seek and we pray and ask the Lord. But there are things that I, that I can invest in, like getting up and drinking more water. That's a small habit, isn't it? A small habit. And all I had to do, I saw, we started drinking lots more water. And I, I've had some friends, people that care about me, say, hey, if you'll just don't try and change everything, just try and change this. Like I tell you about reading the Bible, just start there. And so I, I learned what water tastes like this year. It tastes really good. And it's like, you know what, when you, when you start that, it, man, wow, that's, that is just a small habit that you begin to, 
that you begin. And it's like, so there are so many other things. Let, let me share with you 1 Corinthians chapter 6 here. The Apostle Paul here again, he says in verse 19, he says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the, is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have received from God. So the day that you trusted Jesus as your Savior, the Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, stepped in and is living inside of you. That's why he refers to it as the temple. It's the place where God dwells, right? So he says the Holy Spirit is living inside of you. Do you not know that? Whom, uh, this is, and then continuing on, he says you are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. And so... I've been looking saying, okay, as I'm hanging out with God, I'm reading these scriptures. Okay, Lord, I have, to, I have to drink water. I have to begin this journey of a lifetime. And so these are, these are important things. And so I want to encourage you to take these things seriously because when your physical goes low, it has a tendency to pull the spiritual low. When, 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 you're, when you have no energy, it's hard, hard to be committed to reading his word. When your energy is down, it's hard to, to get up and, and make a, a step forward. And so I want to encourage you with that. Look here, and the Apostle Paul he continues on in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Man, he, he, I love this. He's using these as sports analogies. He says, man, only one person wins. You know, the Apostle Paul says here uh, uh, that he is running to win. Now, isn't that encouraging? We're, we're to run to win. You know, there's not, he says only one gets the prize. We live in a world today where uh, you go to a baseball tournament and they give everybody a trophy. You remember that? Like when I was a kid, I never got a trophy because I never won. Now, everybody gets a trophy. And uh, the Apostle Paul's like, I don't want the consolation trophy. I don't want the trophy because I was in the tournament. I want the trophy because I ran in such a way as to get the prize. And he says, spiritually, I want to do this also physically. Look here. He says, everyone who competes in the game goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. When our kids were little, I took my daughters, and we were all about softball and basketball. Those were some of the best times. Were they not? I love those times. My good friend is here that I met when my kid was in third grade, and we have some of the best bonds through basketball. And uh, we're just kind of like-minded in that. And, uh, and I'll tell you what, this is so, that was so much fun. But I'll tell you what, I have this box of trophies from softball, that are in my basement. And I told my kids, when you move, that goes with you. And you know what they tell me? What am I going to do with it? I said, you better take them. I earned those. <laughs> I gave my heart and soul for those things, didn't I, right? And so listen, he says, you know, it's just like that box of trophies. Man, he says, man, that's what you do in the physical realm, in the spiritual realm. You're doing this for a crown that will never, that, that will last forever. Therefore, 26, therefore I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. Oh, man, the word there for the beating in the air is a shadow boxer. Did you ever see that? Like, 
There's one of our little guys up here that uh, in the church. I think it's Elliot. I think Elliot does this to me every now and then. Um, Kyle's son. I'll come in in the morning, and uh, he'll have from time to time he brings Elliot with him. And Elliot's up. You know, he'll be in the foyer. I'll say, Elliot, how you doing? He's like, <laughs> just shadow boxing with me. I like, I'm doing good too, man. And listen, that's fun. And you know what? I can always beat my shadow. I'm really good at it, you know. And the Apostle Paul says this. I do not run aimlessly. I've got a goal. I don't fight like a man shadow boxing. I am going for the prize that God has laid on my heart. No, verse 27, he says, I beat my body and I make it slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. So our physical is important to finishing the race that God's called us to do. Um, This includes fasting, exercise, all kind of things that God says to take care of our body. Thirdly, this morning, is our family. How about the, the tank of your family? Man, some, you know, sometimes family has issues, doesn't it? Sometimes there's trials in family. There's, there's brokenness. Um, I can't control how everybody responds in my family, but I can control how I respond. And I want to encourage you, how can I care for my family? Ephesians 5.21 says to submit to one another out of the reverence of Christ. So I submit, there's times that at home I have to submit, not because it's fun, but because I'm fearing God. I don't fear her. <laughs> She's in the foyer. I fear God. And when you fear God, you say, okay, honey, I'll push you to get go. Submit to one another out of reverence, right? I want to encourage you. Your family is so, so important. 1 Timothy 5.8 says this. This is so good. Talking about just pure, physically taking care of your family. It says, if anyone does not provide for his own, especially for those of his household, he's denied the faith. And he's worse than an unbeliever. The old King James used the word infidel there. He's worse than somebody that's not even following God remotely. We have a responsibility to care for our family. I have my immediate family. I have my mother. God bless my mother. She's here again in the first service. She lives right over here in Venetia. I go over and get my nephew to put up the Christmas lights. I'm not the best, but I'll tell you what. We'll show up. I want to encourage you. This doesn't say you've got to be a millionaire. It says you've got to be there. And you've got to provide. You've got to work. And as we go to work and we care for our families, this is what God's called us to do. See, there's goals. And, and, and Apostle Paul says, I'm not wandering aimlessly. I've got a goal. So in your family, man, how are you caring and loving your family? How about your vocation? Look at your vocation, your job. What has God called you to do? How can I work as unto the Lord? God says all your work should be done to the honor and glory of the Lord. Please don't work for the honor and glory of your boss. Work for the honor and glory of the Lord. And when you do that, you'll work a lot harder. You'll show up earlier. You'll stay later. And then your boss will be drawn towards God because you're, you're serving the Lord. Titus 2 says this, Slaves must always obey their masters and do their best to please them. They must not talk back or steal. 
ooh, that's a tough one, isn't it? The boss says, I want you to do this. You're like, well, who does he think he is? Yeah, he's the boss. He's writing a check. Listen, don't talk back. Don't steal. You know, you can steal by not working. He says, don't steal. Don't talk back. Don't steal. We must show themselves, uh, but must show themselves to be entirely trustworthy and good. Then they will make the teaching about God our Savior attractive in every way. So when we go out and we work as unto the Lord, man, you know what? Your boss says something different about that guy. I want to know more. What's, what's going on in his life? I want to encourage you to be respectful. Uh, you respect the boss, you'll get in respect of the peers. Be thankful. Have a thankfulness. Listen, God has provided that job for you, and he provided that boss for you. Pray for your boss. Man, there are times we don't get along with those in authority. But listen, that's a true sign of spiritual growth is whenever I can, I can all right, submit to authority. My personal growth. How about my personal growth? How about my, my just me? This is Ken Barner now. My, my, my person, growing personally stronger mentally and personally. You know, as you get older, things get a little bit harder. Your mind needs a little bit more discipline. Things change, right? Um, I set a goal a few years back here to, to read more. So I got into the Kindle. You know, I, I got the Kindle app on the iPad, and it's dangerous, man. It's dangerous for the budget because, boom, you can download a book in two seconds. And so we keep reading and reading and reading. Um, how can I grow mentally and, and, and emotionally? How about socially? You know, how, how, can, I, how can I grow as, uh, socially? Help me to encourage others, Lord. You know, nobody's meant to do this alone. We're not meant to be on an island alone. You've got to go out and you have to, you have to force yourself to get with people. You really do. Some, some of you are introverted and that, that's like you have to force yourself to get with people. I have to force myself to take a break because I'm an extrovert. So there, we all have to balance this. But where are you at on there? Is it empty or is it full? Uh, and then financially, how can I live within my means? How can, I, how can I manage? Lord, help me manage your provisions. Everything that you have comes from the hand of the Lord. How can I, how can I Lord, financially, I've, I, I, I'm asking you to bless my work. I'm going to go to work, Lord, and you know, Lord, I need more, but I'm going to keep going to work because this is what you provided. And so as you start down that journey, you, can, you continue. God is the one who meets our needs. But as we, we have these responsibilities in all these areas, Ephesians 3.20 says this, that God is exceedingly abundantly more than able to, to help us. He's more than able to fix these areas of our life. And so as you go through life, I want to encourage you to hang out in his presence. Because as you hang out in his presence, here, here's why I want you to hang out in his presence. Because number three in your notes today I need God's Spirit to empower me. Would you say that with me? I need God's Spirit to empower me. I need the Lord's power. I'm going to set a faith goal. Um, Jerry Falwell, Jerry Sr., used to say this down at Liberty University when I was a student down there. He said, what are your BHAGs, your big, hairy, audacious goals? And I want to encourage you to set some of those in your life. For you, it may be a BHAG, maybe just drinking water. And whatever it is, you set that and you run after it. And you, need, you know how you're going to accomplish it? Not by your own strength, but by the Lord. Look here at this verse from Zechariah. Zechariah 4.6. 
Let me give you the backstory real quick here. The temple had been built by Solomon, and then it was destroyed. And Zerubbabel is now given the task to rebuild this temple. And this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel through the prophet Zechariah. He says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Read that with me. Not by might. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. God gave him a task to do, and he said, the only way you're going to be able to do it is not in your own self. When Solomon built the temple, there was an army. He says, not by might. That's the military. That's the strength. There was a military. When Solomon built it, David had this army, and they went in, and they they had picked up the spoils from other countries. So there was resources. Zerubbabel, there was no army. There were no resources. How am I going to do this, God? God says, not by might, nor by power. You see, there's things that we can do together. That's the might. Things that I do on my own, no, not by your own power, but by my spirit. The New Century Version says it like this. It says, you will not succeed by your own strength or power But by my spirit, says the Lord. I want to encourage you today, as you're looking at your life and you're thinking about, where is God taking me? That's the key question. Where is God taking me, not where am I taking God? God, this area of my finances, not by might, not by power, but by your spirit, says the Lord. And we see the spirit of God moving your finances. Lord, in my health, not by might, not by power, but by your spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And as you begin to think of all these areas of your life, this is the ingredient that most people miss. How is God going to do it? Well, you know, if you set your goals to be smart goals, specific, measurable, attainable. No. That's good advice. God says he will do them by his power. There's a lot of good systems that the world has given us, a lot of good business tools. I think they're great, and they're good to use. But in the end of the day, God says, I want to accomplish something in your life by my power, by my strength. And lastly, I'm going to need God's word to guide me. You will need God's word to guide you. That's why hanging in the presence of God involves praying and reading his word. It's like two rails on a track. I pray. And I read his word. Joshua 1.8 says this, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Joshua was the new leader. He had the big task to take this wandering nation. They've been wandering in the desert for 40 years. Millions of people with tents and cattle and camels. And every so often they'd get up and it's time to move. And now they're getting the fulfillment of their land. And God says to Joshua, Joshua, my servant Moses is dead. It's your turn, Joshua. You've got to lead these people. And he says, this is how you do it. Don't let the scriptures depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do it according to all that is written in it. And then he says here, for then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have success. You 
will make your way prosperous, successful. Oh, this doesn't mean you're going to get rich. This doesn't mean your bank account will be full. It means that you're going to go according to the plans of the Lord, and you're going to listen to his word and his principles, and he will guide you. I want to encourage you to be thinking about this every day of your life. How how am I hanging in the presence of God? You know, hanging in the presence of God, I'm encouraging you to start a daily time with God. Start in the morning, and as you meet with him in the morning, uh, you have this time of prayer. And then you, not only do you pray, but uh, you read his word, and that's the beginning of your day. And some people, they compartmentalize Christianity. They say, okay, that was God's time. I gave him a half hour, now I'm moving on. And I want to encourage you to have the presence of God on your life all day. What if when you're putting on your shoes, you could sense the presence of God? And you could ask God to direct your path at that point. God, direct my steps. You said the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. Psalm 23, 3, Lord, you said that you would uh, lead me in paths of righteousness. How about when you're stopped at a red light? We have two of them in Finleyville now. What if you're stopped at the red light? And as you're stopped at the red light, you looked at the red light and you said, man, God, I thank you that you answer prayer. God, many times you say go, that green. Many times you say wait. and Sometimes you say stop, you say no. God, I thank you that you're here with me and you're enjoying the presence of the Lord. How about the next time you drink water, your gallon a day? As you're drinking this, how about every time you drink water, you say, Lord, I thank you for the living water. You said if I would drink of the living water, I'd never be thirsty again. God, thank you for that passage, John chapter 4. And then you honor him and you thank him. How about when you're taking out the trash? You're taking out the trash. You can't stand taking out the trash. Nobody enjoys that. You're taking out the trash. And as you're taking out the trash, you say, Lord, I thank you that you've taken out the trash in my life. 1 John 1, 9, if we will confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so as you take out the trash, God, I'm so thankful that you've taken and you've forgiven me my sin and you've cleansed me. And hang out in the presence of God. Let's close in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed today, as we prepare to sing our closing song, I want to encourage you to not walk out of here in defeat. God's not looking for you to try harder. He's looking for you to have faith. He's looking for you to trust Him and to run the race like the Apostle Paul did. But may I share with you that the beginning has got to be hanging out in his presence. Don't look to do, look to be. God, transform me. May I be this person you've called me to be. With their heads bowed this morning, if you've not yet opened your heart to trust Christ, Scripture says, Behold, now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. If that's you, would you call upon the Lord? And just pray something like this to him. Dear Jesus, I need you. I'm calling on you today to be my Savior. Jesus, you died on the cross. You paid for my sin. You rose again. And I invite you into my heart and soul right here, right now. And for all of us, I want to encourage you. Jump on the 21 days of prayer with us. We're developing habits that will 
change our spiritual life, that will change our entire life. For when we hang out in the presence of Christ, we hang out there. He changes all areas. Father God, we lift up our congregation. Thank you. You're moving. God, I see people growing all over this church. It's an exciting season in our churches. We're just watching. You give the increase. But Lord, we know it's not by might nor by power, but by your spirit, says the Lord. Let's all stand together as we sing our closing song. I'm